0: you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo, on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com.
1: Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. I right, welcome in to Hoist the Colors on this Thursday, February 29th, Leap Day edition of HTC got an exciting show for you we're going to talk some pirate football we'll be joined by J.D. Lampley in just a second ECU defensive lineman we'll introduce him Keith Player Classic coming up starting Friday announcement on that so they had to change the schedule around a little bit it'll be a 10 a.m. start for Cal State Fullerton in Southeastern Louisiana then ECU Purdue for Friday will follow at 2 o'clock and so we'll have our show tomorrow at 12 noon and uh, we'll have Joey Football, Joe Sampson on with us. And we'll uh, kind of lead into some pregame coverage. We'll have Scott Rogers join us later in the second half of the show. We also got a four-pack of tickets to the Keith LeClair Classic to give away as well. So stay tuned for that towards inter- in then end of our interview with J.D. Lampley. We'll give those tickets away. All right, let's talk some pirate football because we got J.D. in studio. He is with us. J.D., how's it going, man?
2: Appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's 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 amazing because I feel like it wasn't too long ago, JD, when I was covering your recruitment. Yes, sir. And you had been offered by ECU, and now you're going to year three as a pirate. How, how quickly has it gone by?
2: It feels like it's going fast. I feel like I just got the campus like not that long ago. It really, uh,
1: it really has, man. We had your your. Your buddy running mate Chad Stevens in studio, and he's been here six years. So, are you are you going to try to get on the six year plan or are you, you know, four and
2: out? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'll be able to get the six year plan because I don't. You can't don't, get the COVID yeah, year, I can't get and the that red COVID shirt. Year. Yeah, you but.
1: didn't. You didn't red shirt. You came in, you played right away as a freshman and obviously had a lot of success, man. Um, And we'll, we'll start there just. You know, coming in, not a lot of true freshmen play right away. So, I remember you did enroll early and going into the 2022 season. How much – like, when when in that offseason did you kind of know, all right, I have a chance to play kind of right away?
2: I felt like I could play, like, as a freshman from the – as soon as I got here. Like, that was my mindset coming in. And then, like, I really started believing it once. Like, Chandre, like, I felt like he was, like – he believed in me. Like, he was – because we were always, like, Coach Tesh would put us in groups together because we were both new. So, like, it wasn't really a lot of people. Like, we could we would have to ask each other, like, what to do. And he was so, like a six-year guy then, yeah. right, too, right? Coming so, as a transfer. Yes, yeah, sir. So he's given me confidence, and that just, I feel like, yeah.
1: Took off and, uh, you know, ended up making a, a name for yourself. Uh, says in your bio named Defensive Newcomer of the Year at the ECU's annual end-of-the-year banquet. Uh, you played over 300 snaps. You know, that year, obviously, I'll go to a bowl. Any any games or moments stand out to you from your freshman year when you uh, were playing?
2: The BYU game, that was, probably, that was probably still, like, my favorite game to play in just because, like, the environment. When we won, I don't know. It was just something
1: about it. It was. I mean, I, I got to admit, like, covering the team, and I've been to a lot of places. But there is something about that game, J.D. Like, I don't know if it's the location, playing a game in the mountains or what. Or how y'all want it But mm-hmm. what what was it like Getting off that plane And seeing those mountains That was pretty cool right
2: Yeah so was, Cause we got off And it was just like They had the big Y In the mountains and stuff Everybody's just And we did the walk Through that morning On top of like the garage And it was cold But nobody Everybody wanted to be out there Just cause we were Like in the mountains basically
1: Yeah It, it was, was just a
2: cool environment To be in It
1: was And that walk off kick I don't know if it made it More than 10 feet in the air <laughs> But hey It counts right Andrew Conrad Nailed it uh, so that was a cool moment. Uh, obviously, a lot of success that season, and and going into last year, JD. Obviously, the, you know the team success we'll get into. You know wasn't there, but defensively, y'all still had a very a very good season. So, what what do you feel like going into year two? Last year, you know, led to that success for you guys defensively.
2: Just guys being together. I feel like. Like, we're close as a defense. Like, after practice, people don't just, like, go straight home. Everybody will go to, like, the back row in the locker room where, like, most of the defensive guys are. Be back there and just sit back there joking around, playing, messing around. I just feel like when we're close like that off the field, on the field, like, it makes it easy to play together and communicate and stuff.
1: So we were talking with Chad. He w- he was letting us know that he he lives uh, on his own solo apartment. So how often are y'all trying to crash crash his place and kind of you know mess it up a little bit? <laughs>
2: nah, we had we not crashed it yet. But we definitely need to. Yeah, need
1: to. y'all need to put that on the bucket list. Uh, may, you know, spring break coming up. Sounds like y'all are going to keep it low key. and Maybe y'all can crash at his house and, and have some fun. All right. So JD Lampley is with us, and obviously, look it's the off season, and y'all are putting in a ton of work right now. Uh to you know to improve as a team, how do you feel like the off season's gone thus far from your uh, vantage point?
2: I feel like it's going good so far. just finished up Matt drills uh you know um ready to see ready to get the spring ball now i'm I'm excited to see the quarterbacks really right i mean in individual like whenever we're doing our little football stuff whenever me and Chad aren't going, we'll be trying to peek over see what they're doing,
1: <laughs> see how it's going. <laughs> And you know it's got to be, and we we've had Caden and Ann and Jake both on the show. Obviously, Raheem Jeter will be in that mix too. Mm-hmm. But you know, tough for them coming in as as newer guys. And but a quarterback has to be a natural leader. So like, how have they maybe gone about that with some older players like yourself to try and you know, learn everything before they can maybe lead y'all as a team? Because quarterback is kind of that natural leader of, of the team in some in some respects.
2: Yes, I feel like there's not. They come in. They both Caden and Ann, Jake. Uh, you know, they came in, and I feel like they're trying to get to know everybody first. Like, they're not trying to come in and, uh, like, do too much right away. Like, just try to tell people what to do. Right. Like, you know, they're trying to build relationships. I feel I feel like they're doing it the right way.
1: J.D. Lampley with us here, ECU junior. Defensive lineman slash defensive end. So, you played a lot. Uh, you've played inside and outside. So, what is there a specific position room you're in now? Like, are you in the defensive end room? Or are you defensive line with Tess, are you back and forth?
2: Well, right now, since uh, Coach Zachary got here, we've been, like, back and forth. Like, right. we'll be with Tess. Sometimes Sometimes he'll take the, just the rushes, and we'll be back and forth. So, are
1: you looking forward to getting to know Coach Zachary a little more yes, uh, as, as he kind of settles in?
2: Yes, sir, I am. He seems like a cool guy just from the conversations I've had with him so far.
1: So Coach Tesh, who you've also obviously played under, I always tell, like I've told Elijah and Deontay, he's the craziest, craziest <laughs> dude. But, like, he seems, uh, you know, on the field, like he he, know, he knows how to push you all the right way. Like, isn't that part of being, like, a really good coach? He seems to kind of have that knack too, right? Yes,
2: sir. I feel like he just, like, gets guys to do do it the right way. Like, he makes you want to be great, like, you know. Like I remember my first spring turning around, like chasing the ball. He's chasing me, ch- running to the he ball. He definitely
1: will chase y'all. <laughs> JD Lampley, uh, originally from Richmond Senior High School in Rockingham. So I remember covering your recruitment. You had South Carolina, Duke, a number of other schools that that recruited you. So what what was it about East Carolina that led you to the Pirates?
2: I felt like I I was wanted here. I like the guys who are already here. Uh, like, Eli Morris was my host on my and I was around, like, all all the people who are still here. Like I just felt like I would fit in here. What's the, And
1: how much did it be in, like, a football place? Because obviously, like, Richmond County, uh, it's, you know, Richmond Senior High School, it seems like that's a football-oriented town. Yes, like, sir. So, like, how much did ECU be in kind of similar to that from, like, a football culture help?
2: Yes, sir. I mean, it reminds me a lot of it because, like, Say you're out eating somewhere, somebody be like, Do you play football? Like, that reminds me of being back home. Like, I just, I like that it has a strong uh, community behind it, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, JD Lampley with us. So, we were talking earlier from Rockingham, but known a little bit as NASCAR country. Obviously, they used to have the, the races there, and, and we'll have to get Phillips' to take if they're coming back or not. We were kind of talking. We don't really know the exact scenario, but not a huge NASCAR guy, right? So, not really. Yeah. Because don't, we don't
2: do it at Rockingham anymore. So,
1: yeah, and I was telling you, uh, I've gone to a few rock festivals there. So it's a, there's not, there's only one lane to get in and out. So it can create some traffic jams. Um, but uh, obviously, great place. Um, JD Lampley with us. So last year, JD was tough from a wins and losses perspective, two and 10. But you guys, I mean, it just seemed like from the outside looking in, like locker room wise, y'all held it together so well. I mean, there was never any finger pointing. And so what do you think led to that? Whereas, like, a lot of teams in that situation maybe couldn't have held it together like you guys did?
2: Just guys sticking together, man. Because like, it would be easy just to put the blame on the offense or coaches, whatever. But, but like, at the end of the day, there's still more stuff. we Defense really believed that there was more stuff we could have do, done to still get the win in plenty of them games, you know. And we would just say, like, they they can't win if they don't score. So that was our mindset every game.
1: One of those games was FAU. Y'all had I think the entire D line had a sack. And y'all did the Spider Man. Yes, so sir. we had uh, I think it was Deontay told the story. He, it, so this was your idea originally, right? The Spider Man.
2: Like we we were all kind of talking about it in the hotel. Like I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of happened. Yes, sir. Like, were you
1: just like, why, did you like see the Spider Man meme? And we're like, yeah, we, we,
2: we saw it, and then we were talking about it in the hotel. And then, whenever they both had already had the, a sack that day, right? And then, when I got it, I was just, like, go crazy, something. And then, it was like, Spider Man, Spider Man. And then, we all did it, like, it looked, turned out it looked good. I don't know.
1: So, when I talked to Elijah and Deontay, they were like, we got to come up with a way to top it now. So, yeah. have, y'all, have y'all started working on that or is it still work in progress? No, uh,
2: we got to figure something <laughs> out. We got to.
1: You got it all summer, man. So, hey, spring practice, maybe. You know, this, uh, the, the problem with spring, though, is like, what is a sack really? Because, like, if y'all yeah. get somewhat close, they blow it dead. So, it's kind of hard to celebrate, right? Yeah,
2: we need Jeremy Lewis out there <laughs> calling sacks. He used to that get pretty true, mad man. out there at practice when Houston wouldn't blow the whistle for him.
1: That is That uh, is the great debate because it's like, you can't hit the quarterback, so you can only go so close to him. Yeah, but uh, it's part of it. It's part of the off-season football. So I'm guessing when you do get in the game, that's why you guys celebrate so much when you get to hit the quarterback. Yes, right? It
2: feels good because <laughs> you don't get to do it, but in the games,
1: so. a couple times a year. And I, I thought last year, like second half of the year, JD, y'all, y'all pass rush much better. Like winning one on one, would you kind of agree with that? What do you think led to that? Yes, I
2: just feel like just getting comfortable, like. As you do it so much you get in like I felt like you get in a zone like where you feel like you can't like whatever you do, it don't matter what move you're gonna do, it. you just know you feel like you're gonna win. And I just felt like you get to a point where you just get comfortable out there. So does
1: J. D. Lampley do you have like the spin move or you just like try to like run by guys or run them over?
2: I don't really spin that much, but I feel like I can. Like So we're gonna have to see that yeah. this year. Yes sir. Add it
1: to your arsenal. Um and, and you know, Blake Carroll back. It'll be his fifth year as defensive coordinator for the Pirates. How much comfort does that give you? Obviously, the offense is going to be working on some things, but you guys basically know what scheme you're running. There's some changes you know, every year, but how much comfort does that give it, you?
2: It gives me a lot because com- it's like the third year, my third year in the defense, uh, it's like I know what I can do, like what I can get away with in certain schemes and stuff. It'll just make me a better player.
1: So you've obviously rushed the pass first, stop the run a lot. Have you have you had any plays where you had to drop back in coverage yet?
2: Yes, sir. I had to drop back a few times last year.
1: Okay, what probably like a handful of times? Yeah, probably like five or six times. Any batted balls uh, uh, outside of the ones where you're rushing? Are you uh, still waiting on no, that? No, I, I did. They didn't throw it at me. We need somebody to challenge JD in coverage, um, and obviously. Last year you moved around a lot and we'll talk about we got some questions from fans on the other side you know kind of like maybe slimming down a little bit but playing defensive end versus D-line you guys have that versatility where you can play inside outside how much do you feel like that kind of helps y'all's rotation and just the versatility there?
2: I feel like we got a bunch of guys who can do that too like me, Chad, Eli Sue, all of us can all play three technique, Put put them in five technique, it don't matter like and there's more guys than just the ones I said. That was just off the top of the head, but no doubt. Uh, yeah, I just feel like that makes us better because we don't really we don't really get that tired during games because we sub so much. Like we're always fresh. So.
1: I gotta say, man, that hat is probably one of the coolest hats <laughs> I've seen. Uh, where, the fans are going up. Where can they get it? Any idea? I got uh, Stadium Sports. There you go. It's free free plug. Stadium Sports. That's a sweet hat. All right, we'll get a break in. We'll come back. We will uh, we'll get your questions on the Hoist the Colors uh, website for J.D., many of which we asked Chad, but we'll get J.D.'s take on them because uh, we've got some controversy to get through there. All right, this is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. We'll be right back. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in Hoist the Colors on this Thursday. J.D. Lampley in studio with us, ECU Jr., Defensive lineman Jackson David Lampley. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Oh yes, (laughs) sir. Now the people know JD Lampley. All right, so Joe Sampson he joins us every Friday, and uh, obviously former member of the team, played tight end, played defensive. He did it all. He he claims he played every position. Be a scout team or you know look team or you know when he traveled as well. he says unrelated, but prior to his mullet, JD was known as my evil twin, per Coach Roy Tesh. So you and Joe Sampson, I guess, have some similar looks.
2: Yeah, man. Whenever I first got to school, everybody used to call us twins, and it just kind of stuck for a little bit. Because I guess whenever my hair was short, we looked we looked the same. We kind of built the same. Yeah, because like when you were
1: getting recruited, you kind of had the just the buzz cut, right?
2: Uh, yes, sir. So, so when did you
1: blow? So, when did you did you grow out
2: the mullet? Just uh. <laughs> when did I do it uh i think jack power jack oh, convinced jack. me to do it uh right before the season like in the
1: summer i can see jack jack convinced you to do that all right so danny lampley on hoist the colors he wants to know jd do you think you're the best athlete in your family
2: uh i don't know i got a little brother he's pretty athletic right now too <laughs> what uh my sister
1: wait what year is he He's five. (laughs) Okay, so he's got a ways to go, but he's on the way.
2: I don't know. Both my parents are athletes. Mm, My sister's a good athlete, too. So I don't know, man.
1: We're going to see. So you're not going to take credit for it yet, maybe one day? One day. So Danny Lampley holds the strikeout record. Let's see if I can get this right. Uh, Not Wingate, but Wingate. And he played in uh, the, the minor leagues. And I was looking at his minor league numbers like very good numbers. So... Uh, he had 473 strikeouts over his Wingate career. So, uh, how much does he talk about his baseball playing days with you?
2: Uh, we talk about like he just tells me stories and stuff about like certain certain games and like being in the big moments and stuff like that. And you know, it's fun. It's always fun meeting like guys he played with and stuff.
1: And so you said your mom's an athlete too. Does she yeah, play? She, she pitched at Wingate too. Okay. So yeah. they're both yeah.
2: they're both in the Hall of Fame. That we
1: that's pretty impressive, uh, big time stuff there. So, how much did your dad or your mom pitch to you like playing baseball growing up, and how, how competitive uh, did that get?
2: My mom didn't pitch to me a lot because she uh, like will only throw stuff underhand. Right. Like, say she's getting something out of the dryer, like some socks or something. She'll, hit you she'll like day. yeah, she'll throw <laughs> it underhand to me. But my dad would always pitch to me. We got like a a little storage building that we've had since like. I don't even know. Like my, pretty much my whole life. Like we have a and cage in there and so. stuff.
1: So did you ever take him deep? Hit
2: a home run off of him all the time. <laughs> all the time. But he, he wasn't pitching for real, if <laughs> right? I did, he, he, just... he probably
1: he probably would would have hit me with it, right? BP, <laughs> right? He's got he's got to lay it down the pipe. So uh, you played baseball at uh, at Richmond Senior. So how, how did that go? And uh, you know, versus football, like when did you know football was going to be your sport versus baseball?
2: Um, so I. I played baseball, and then my sophomore year we played like three games, and then it got canceled because of COVID. And then the next season, football got moved to the spring, so I kind of had to pick one. And I, I already had a, a, a few offers like for football, so I was, obviously I was gonna stick with football.
1: Do you ever still pick up the bat in the off season, and like nah, get not some really. swings in? I don't. Well, yeah. hey, uh, I imagine you're a pretty big dude. You could hit some home runs still to this day. Yes, so uh, maybe y'all can have like – I know the basketball team has done like home run derby at oh, the we softball conference. We did that last did year that? during
2: the spring. We did.
1: Okay, so how many did you hit?
2: I don't remember, but it was like with football. But okay. I, did,
1: I hit a lot. J.D. Lampley, if they do it again, he's uh, he's my betting favorite to go deep the most on the football team. Um, all right, so your dad also wants to know, will we see you in the donkey offensive package ever? And so walk us through what that is.
2: Donkey was this like a package in high school. Like they had, they would call it the, the sideline and then I would go to running back and they just put like everybody up on the line kind of.
1: So basically just give you the ball yeah, that just you run for. like short forward. yards and stuff.
2: I mean, I hope we, I hope. Hey, JDB, be nice. John
1: David Baker, pretty creative. So maybe you can get it yeah. going. Um did you ever throw it out of the package or was it always running no i didn't
2: they actually uh were showed me a play like in my in the during the playoffs they're were like we're gonna put this in next week and it was like i was gonna go to guard and they were gonna throw me like a screen, but right. i was gonna drop back and i was gonna get to throw it but we lost Ah, so. oh, tough never put it in
1: all right so one fan wants to know we were talking about this uh off the air earlier Uh, Inville Pirate 1982 says, what was the reason uh, for dropping some of the weight between year one and year two? Was it your decision or a suggestion from one of the coaches? So, uh, you know, you were telling me they had you listed at, what, 293 when you first came in, which you weren't quite that big when you first got to campus anyways. Yeah,
2: so I was like 290-something in high school, and then whenever we report, I came early. I I actually came like a day later than everybody else because I got sick. And then whenever I re- like reported to campus, I was like 275. And then, you know, we got through mat drills and stuff. I just feel like some of that is like losing baby fat too. You know? Right. But, you know, I, just, I feel better. Like I feel fast. I feel more athletic and stuff than I do in high school. I just feel like I can move.
1: And it seems like, you know, again, like second half of last year, I felt like you were obviously one of the team's top pass rushers, and that played a big role in that. And uh somebody else wants to know like to piggyback on that what weight do you prefer playing at and do you prefer playing on the edge or the interior so what's kind of your take on that
2: Um I want I want to get like play at like 265 probably 270. Uh I don't I like playing uh I guess pass rushing. I like pass rushing off the edge but cuz you know I, most I,
1: times you just got to beat one guy
2: Yeah cuz in the middle you might get like pushed over to the other uh, guard or something, but yeah, I probably I it don't really matter though. Like I like playing both.
1: Right, I mean because the interior you can disrupt yeah. a lot too. Uh, obviously, you got some long long arms. You can get your hands in the passing lanes too. All right, so uh, anything you're really working on this off season in regards to developing your body, like more as a pass rusher, or is it more just increasing strength, speed, that sort of just stuff?
2: Just all around. I'm just trying better myself in all aspects of the game.
1: Uh, all right. Guilford County versus Richmond Raider football. Who has more passion?
2: More passion? Yeah. We do. <laughs> Richmond? We, yeah. But we Richmond got, Raiders, baby. We got the lights that go off when you score, fireworks, all that.
1: So Chad said Guilford County, of course, from Southeast Guilford, but you're going. No.
2: no.
1: So did you ever get a chance to play a Guilford County team?
2: We mm-hmm. used to play them like, I remember playing them in like uh, what's it called AAU, like travel oh. football, growing up. But we never played them in high school.
1: Who usually won the travel games? We did. Okay, well then maybe that's your answer. Um, all right, what's your favorite thing about Greenville and ECU if you could single one thing out?
2: Uh, probably like just the community. Like whenever we have a game, how is. Like, I like whenever we go from the hotel to the game, how you can see everybody tailgating in all the parking lots, people hanging out the windows of the Jolly. Just, like.
1: It's awesome, man. Yeah.
2: And, like, going on the
1: road to some of these other conference games, and, again, the, the great programs, but, like, fan base-wise, like going to Rice last year, you just don't get the same passion, you know. So, it's got to mean a lot as a player when you see the passion at ECU versus maybe some other road yeah, games so. y'all have.
2: Yeah, like whenever we go to other schools, like lane, like I you would expect that to be packed right and it's not
1: yeah uh JD Lampley with us all right so question for uh you from Skyles wants to know after you're done with football do you have any plans on kind of what what's next for you after that
2: uh not really I don't I don't plan on being done with football anytime so <laughs> you play football for a long time what's what is have you decided on a major yet my major is it's business
1: management but. okay good stuff uh I I was a com major with a, a a minor in business management, so probably know some of those teachers. Um Chad got this question yesterday as well, but you know, what's it like in an era where like the portal guys are coming and going across the country, but you know, that D line room, y'all are pretty familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. So what's that, that camaraderie like when uh, you know, you guys know each other so well?
2: Um, it's like it's we know if we're together, we they're not gonna uh the portal can be good and bad. We can bring guys in, but if we're all here, we don't need to bring nobody else. Like, we we only need to bring people who's going to help us. Like, we, we're we not – on defense, we feel like we don't need to – we're not, like, starving for anybody on the deep line. But if you're going to help us, we want you. We just don't want no toxic stuff. Like, I feel like that's the biggest thing about the portal. Like, you might – could get somebody toxic in your locker room. But also you could get they could you can get them gone through the portal too. So,
1: and I feel like Mike Houston does a good job. I and mean, look, yeah. I mean, realistically, you're not going to hit on everybody. But with y'all's program, like if you don't fit in, you're going to get weeded out pretty quickly, right? because yeah. like it's yes what y'all go through. It's yeah. just one of those things. Like like Chandra Mims, mm-hmm. and I feel like Jaden McKenzie probably fits yeah. that too. Like those guys fit in. Yeah, Jaden McKenzie, yeah.
2: he came in, he worked his butt off so far. Fits right in, <laughs> no doubt.
1: Um, all right, so will Chad or JD have more sacks next season? I hope I do. <laughs> Chad said he's going to lead the team in sacks. So what do you got to say about that? Man, we'll see. We can, just can y'all like tie with ten a piece compete. right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, which linemen, uh for ECU when you go against them in practice? Who's the toughest for you?
2: Mm, probably uh, like Parker. Always going to work. Dustin. Uh, them two. Just because I feel like they really they know what to do, like they've been doing it so long.
1: Do y'all get sick of going against the same guys in practice now? Like, and two, I'm sure it's a good competition, but like they kind of know your moves. Yeah, you like, know theirs a little bit.
2: It really gets yeah, <laughs> yes sir. It gets annoying whenever they know like the the calls, like your signals and stuff, like what you say whenever you do certain stuff, like and then they'll tell you where you're about to go. Like, all right,
1: that's why hey, that's why you got to break out the spin move this spring.
2: Got to <laughs> hit them with it. Maybe they won't be
1: expecting it. All right. So, uh, last question here from Auburn Pirate. He wants to know uh, any NFL players you guys try to emulate? He says, you know, you kind of have a similar body to Max Crosby of the Raiders. So, do you try to emulate any of those guys at the next level?
2: I like watching Max Crosby. And then, like, growing up, I've always watched, like, JJ Watt. Today, I used to love Javier Clowney. Like, I used to wear his jersey to school on Picture Day in elementary school. Nice. Uh, we and same thing with J.J. Watt. I got one of his, too. But, yeah, really just those guys. I just, like, I'll see what I can take from everybody's game just to get better.
1: What's the biggest goal going in the spring for for you guys as the defense to, to take that
2: next step? Just to try to carry over some of, like, the grit we had last year. Like, that we, I feel like we built last year because – hard times and stuff into this spring like don't lose it don't take any steps back just continue to progress
1: he is jd Lampley. you gonna keep the mullet all off season or are, you gonna sh- are you gonna say are you gonna save it at some point i would keep it there you go he's gonna keep it all right jd we'll get you on man again after spring ball but uh this has been a lot of fun appreciate Thanks, you sir. coming in appreciate you having me absolutely that's jd lampley all right let's give away some some tickets a four-pack to the Keith LeClaire Classic. All you have to do is call in 252-861-8255. Again, that number, 252-861-8255. Caller 3, four tickets to the whole Keith LeClaire Classic this weekend. Caller 3, again, 252-861-8255. We'll have Scott Rogers join us on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday.
0: We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger!
1: Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Thursday. Leap Day Edition. Really enjoyed our conversation with J.D. Lampley. And uh, we'll have him on again after the spring again. Thanks to all the members of Hoist the Colors that contributed to this initiative to get a lot of the, the guys in the program who have stuck around, gone through the hard times, developed on the show, uh, through our NIL deal uh, to feature them. Uh, so awesome stuff from our members. and appreciate that and all the support. And I know the players are very appreciative too. Uh, we did get a question from for JD as he was leaving on YouTube. Somebody said, Could, can he do a front flip? I asked him. He said he can do one, but he probably can't land on his feet. So I told him not to try so we don't get him hurt before the upcoming season. Uh, by the way, congrats to Mike Ward, who got the four free tickets to the Keith LeClaire Classic and uh he will drop by the studio i assume and get those and uh congrats to mike all right we got the guy who's going to be calling the action for ecu at the keith of classic in studio now scott rogers how's it going it's
3: been a uh, long morning so far yeah. it's an early wake-up call for uh, talk of the town this morning
1: yeah you're you're, you're doing double triple quadruple duty at times these days, right. right that's right doing it all and uh so schedule change we noted it earlier um So 10 a.m. for Cal State Fullerton, southeast of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. East of Purdue at 2, you know, with rain in the forecast. Right now, the rest of the schedule stays the same, but that's the Friday schedule. So we kind of figured that was coming, right? Just try to get those games in early because you don't want to have to bang a day with the travel for all these teams.
3: Yeah, and you obviously, especially with someone like Fullerton coming from on the other side of the country to be here, you certainly don't want to have them lose a game, but good that uh, at least we do have some good weather on Friday morning and then early afternoon to be able to hopefully get both of them in.
1: Let's talk, uh, before we look ahead to the, the classic Tuesday ODU, Pirates losing walk-off fashion by a run on a home run that really looked like a fly ball watching the stream. And I know you were there in person and uh, probably thought it was a fly ball too, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, for those who were listening, it uh, certainly did not sound like it was going to be a walk-off homer off the bat. You know, I thought it was going to be a, a pretty deep, Fly ball, but I thought you know there wouldn't be any issue there, and it just kept going and going and going, and it finally got out of there for the walk off.
1: So, what's your take? Two midweek losses, in you know, Pirate fans, they're passionate. With that comes uh, extreme ups and downs. When the team beats UNC, you know it's Omaha bound. When they lose to Old Dominion, it's we're not hosting a regional. So. Uh is there cause for concern It's still too early with the midweek thing?
3: I think it's still too early. You know, obviously there's some work that needs to be done with the bullpen, I think, and they realize that. They know they've got to be better in certain situations, but I don't think there's any reason to panic with this team right now. You know, this is only the third full week of the season this week, and so you've still got you know, obviously a ton of games left. You got close to 50 games left this season. And so there's plenty of other times you still got to figure out some of these guys roles like Ethan Norby Chris Kaler what exactly is their role going to be for this pitching staff and you know when you go back to Tuesday you know, I thought that we pitched good enough to win that game only giving up six runs you know yes some of them were on home runs but I thought they pitched good enough to win that game but when the bottom of the order doesn't produce any hits. That's what's so frustrating in a game like that.
1: And it's not like ODU now. They're they get, the last guy they brought in had some nasty stuff. He but, did. Um, it's not like they're a shutdown staff. And you, you get the three on Homer early, and then it was just like I don't know. They kind of took the foot off the gas. I thought a little bit.
3: Yeah, you know, you the the big things was you know obviously the bottom of the order not having any hits, and then. Situations like when Riley Johnson had the lead-off triple, he stood you score him. Yeah, you had nobody out and he didn't score. Uh, he did eventually score when we tied the game up in the eighth inning, I think that was. But then you still had Jacob Starling on second, I think, with one out, and he didn't yeah. move. Uh, just things like that was what was you look back on. You say, hey, you know, you execute in those two innings in those situations, you probably win that game by a run or two um so there's certain small things here and there but you got to have some production down from that bottom part of the order for sure so how was your bud Matheny
1: ballpark oh, complex experience we did talk about it pre so looking ahead to some of the road games i've been there not a great media setup how was your experience um calling
3: it uh, i would give it a three out of a ten in terms of rating we that are game, huh? yeah we are good a, hot dogs right Yeah, the hot dog was a a 9.5 out of 10. For those who don't know, we have a little group chat thing going where I rate the hot dogs at each ballpark. Uh, But Bud Matheny Ballpark is certainly an older one. It is very small in terms of the press box where we're set up at. There's four people in this room, and from right to left, it goes Coach O, myself, the marketing director for baseball, and then their PA announcer. And – the size of that room is not much wider than the desk we are sitting at right now, so it is very tight. There's wires, random wires everywhere. There's random pieces of equipment everywhere, and so it certainly is. That will, well, I would say it's the worst booth we'll be in. But it sounds like I'm gonna be on top of the roof at UTSA, and so I will take being inside over being sunburned. On roof. Either sunburnt or I'm gonna be freezing cold. One of the two. Yeah, that's and tough. And pray it doesn't rain.
1: That's <laughs> tough, man. Uh, yeah, speaking of rain, so Cason Rumele, who uh, interns with us on the show a lot, his his laptop got hit with rain, which you alerted me to. It is working, so crisis averted. Uh, but because there is no press box, there were some uh, – I guess they were set up behind a home plate. He was covering the game for us. Him and Chip Welch, uh, media re- relations director for baseball, and some rainwater got into the computer. But he's it's okay. But uh, not, a, not an ideal setup thus far.
3: No, and like you said, the the media for guys like Case and, uh you know Chip Welch, having to sit outside is not ideal at all. And they wouldn't have been sitting where they were. Typically, they're right outside the press box door yeah. in the bleachers but it's still just bad situation and for especially for events that happen to Kaysen on Tuesday.
1: So I guess they are planning to renovate the stadium. So
3: talking with the people in the press box it sounds like they are starting construction in July. Okay. At least that's the plan and then they're still working out on where they're going to play games at next season. A good thing about where they're located. You know of course you got Harbor Park there which is where the Norfolk Tides play. You've got Hampton University there. You've got Norfolk State. Uh, I think Virginia Wesleyan is right there near Norfolk as well, which is a really good D two program. So you've got a lot of I options guess. to play your home games at.
1: Well, hopefully they do continue this home and home series. You know, it does set up better, and I feel like ECU always takes a good crowd up there in that area. There's there was there by
3: far more ECU fans than Old Dominion fans yeah. there Tuesday, which always makes the losses
1: more frustrating. But again, it's baseball. I know people get tired of hearing that, but uh, well, you know, I, I personally. I'm not worried. I do think it gives them less margin for error midweeks going forward. But like they're losing one-run games.
3: That's all of our losses this year. Yeah, one all one-run one
1: losses. And to me, like maybe there is something to that. You got to make the plays when it counts. But if you're if you're a baseball team and, and the majority of your losses are about one run, you're a good baseball team. Like sometimes there's just some fluke things that happen.
3: Right. And you know, two of these losses are against the best lineup we will see all season in North Carolina. Campbell who is now a top 25 team and then Old Dominion yes they're down this year but that's been a program that's been really good over the past few seasons and so it's not like you're losing two bad teams at all yeah and in every single game they've been right there they've had a chance to win every single one of them and so it's not like they're getting blown out it's not like they're losing the bad teams at all it's just you're coming up a little bit short and in a couple plays here and there are the difference in those games.
1: All right, so looking ahead to the Keith Clare Classic, Purdue Friday, Cal State Fullerton Saturday, and then Southeastern Louisiana Sunday. So how much research have you done on each of these teams? Are you are you taking it one game at a time? Are you focused on Purdue right now?
3: I'm uh, just about – I've not really looked at anybody other than Purdue. Uh, they have a lefty, I think it is, going tomorrow who has not given up a run this season in two starts, and they've played Stony Brook and George Mason this year they've both been a four-game series they've not done midweeks because what they do is those first couple weeks they actually come down to North Carolina and play you know whether it's in Holly Springs or Cary places like that they rent them out just because it's so cold up at Purdue and so they've played those four-game sets on the weekend so they haven't had midweek games but numbers look good they're hitting the ball pretty good so it should be a good matchup tomorrow Fullerton appears to be the weaker team in terms of numbers this weekend, but as always, it's going to be Fullerton. It's going to be that West Coast style. That's going to be a slow dragging game, and so you'll have to get out of that. And in Southeastern, haven't really looked at them a ton. Uh, numbers don't appear to be that bad, and, and this is a program too that knows how to win. They've always been a right. solid program
1: historically. If you're if you don't follow baseball, Southeastern Louisiana is in the postseason a lot. So I mean, that absolutely team that is that is very good, and they've come. I think they've been in this tournament in the past and have, have beaten ECU, or at least have given ECU a fight.
3: Yeah, the I can't remember what year it was, but Tennessee it was the year Tennessee was here. Yeah. For the Leclercs, the right. last year they were here.
1: Yeah, in Tennessee, I, I remember ECU losing that game. Uh, Newton Smith says, the back end of our pitching seems a little weak. When ECU took out the starters this weekend, the teams immediately took advantage and, and got back in the game in the last two 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 and a half innings. I mean, I, I just think it's a work in progress right now, is how I would phrase it. And I know, you know, week maybe in terms of proven experience. I, I think the biggest thing and you you touched on it earlier, Scott, is finding what roles guys go in. Cause like Chris Kaler is a pretty proven commodity. Mm-hmm. All right. He's gonna get up some hits. He's not a dominant guy, but he's a strike thrower. He's a pace oriented guy. So like finding what his role is going to be, I think, is critical. That way you can focus on that. Ethan Norby, I think, will be the same way. And then you got a lot of these bullpen guys, they're trying to figure out where they slot in. So I think a lot of it comes down to just working that out and eventually guys will emerge but I think the talent and the options are there it's not like they don't have
3: options yeah and you know I think one of the biggest surprises over the past you know few games was Jackson DiLorenzo the job that he's done and he looked really good Tuesday at Old Dominion uh you know other than the wild pitch against North Carolina on Sunday he looked really good especially for a freshman coming into that situation I thought he really composed himself well uh, it, it, their talent is there. It's just you got to find your roles, and you know that's that's one thing that every team is going through right now at a lot of their bullpens.
1: All right, Philip Pilkinson behind the glass comes through. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana came in 2016. Pirates won two to one. So uh, that was a close game. So again, good program. They won't come in intimidated. It should be a fun weekend of baseball. Like I don't think there's an elite team necessarily outside of ECU, but if ECU plays basically like they have in these midweek games, and kind of messes around. They'll get beat.
3: Yeah, they they will. And, you know, that was one thing, you know, you could tell that Cliff Godwin was was frustrated after the game on Tuesday in his post-game interview. He, he, the biggest thing was that offense, especially in the bottom of the order. And, you know, he said we were going to get it fixed, and I think this is going to be a, a, a different team we see this weekend and one that's energized and fired up, ready to play. He said that we'll find the
1: right guys, you know, as far as production from the bottom half of the order. You know, do you expect to see anybody different? I would say this weekend in the, in those roles,
3: I wouldn't say so. Maybe you see you know someone like Ryan McChrystal slide in as a DH. Uh, you know, there's only I think so many you can so many different things you can do with that lineup. Whether it's one of those games where you send Cunningham out the left, you put Claunch in at first base, something like that, or do you keep Cunningham at first and have either Nowak or Bristol Carter in left field? The biggest thing, though, is no matter what you do, you're going to have a solid defensive lineup out there. It's just finding who's hitting the ball the the hottest in those bottom spots. Are you surprised we haven't seen
1: more of Colby Wallace to this point at all? The freshman who is a two way guy. Do you think he could be one of
3: those guys? I don't think so. Um, you know, obviously with him being a freshman, you know, he's certainly you know, especially a Cliff Godwin style of play you got to earn that right there and Dixon Williams has earned that right to play third base uh he's been good defensively he started off hitting the ball really well and so maybe you see Colby getting there as a DH but I don't think you'll see him much defensively at all all
1: right he is Scott Rogers let's get our final break in we'll come back we'll uh, look ahead to the the classic a little more we'll also preview big basketball game tonight we need to touch on that as the Pirates host Memphis and uh, we'll discuss that as well. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on
0: 94.3 The Game.
1: Welcome in, Hoist the Colors, our final segment. Again, Keith LeClair Classic slate altered for today. Ten- or Friday, keep saying today. Friday, today's Thursday. Friday, Cal State Fullerton versus Southeastern Louisiana, and then Purdue ECU tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and then the rest of the weekend is the same. Pirates will take on Cal State 410 30 as of scheduled uh, right now on Saturday and then Sunday 1 o'clock versus Southeastern South Louisiana. Man, I'm getting uh, tongue twisted. Let's talk some basketball before we close with baseball, guys, because I feel like we need to discuss Memphis coming to town. I mean, I know it was a disappointing loss to Rice. How about Rice then losing to Templebot They scored 43 points last night. Never a dull night, I the mean, American. The American, you just never know, Scott. Will you be courtside tonight?
3: I will be. I will be putting the the points on the board tonight for hopefully a Pirate win. How stressful is that? Not stressful at all. Other than two years ago when Penny yelled at us on Brandon Suggs' bank shot in because he said that there should have been time left on the clock, and that's not – That was incorrect. Well, that's not our duty either. So I just stared at him until he walked away.
1: Did he (laughs) – so have you done other
3: deals down there, or is it just – I've done uh, I've done game clock and shot clock before, but scoreboard is my, my main job.
1: So scoreboard seems pretty relatively simple. What about main clock? That's got to be somewhat stressful.
3: It, game clock's not as stressful because the referees wear those belt packs that control the clock for most oh, okay. of the game. The only time that it's really important is under a minute in the second half when you're starting and stopping on made baskets. But the most stressful job is shot, shot clock. clock. Because, you I mean, there's so many different situ- situations where if it's a 20 or a 30 and you've right. got to keep all that. And then you, there's differences between the men's and women's games, and so it's hard to keep track in your head, you know, which ones are for the men, which ones are for the women's games. It's it's a very stressful job.
1: So just know if the score is messed up at any point tonight, to yell at Scooter.
3: That is correct. Uh, otherwise, shot clock, not his fault.
0: Or if you're just bored and want to yell at somebody, yell at Scooter anyway. Yes, That's what do I did.
3: No, don't do that. I get yelled at enough as it is. You would damn never me. get yelled at. Yes, by you, Philip. You're technically my boss in this building.
0: I guess I technically am. I <laughs> need to yell at you more then.
3: No, don't do that. Is he my boss too? No, that's Hank. Hank's your okay, boss. Hank's my boss. Yeah, Hank's
0: definitely your boss. Well, and then when we're on air, it's your show. That technically, is true. you'd be. I can yell at both you guys yeah. right now. Yeah. East. actually hey don't yell at my employee you can yell at me and i'll pass it down the chain you don't need, yeah. i don't need you skipping a la- you know we'll call
3: hr you. on you
1: i go that's yeah. fine Channel's gonna, gonna come in you.
0: here ticked off it i
1: yeah buck wild wanted me to ask chad stevens and jd lampley about aliens running the world and if they would join his
3: secret militia
1: i did not ask that question just because I should d-
3: we answer that question
1: i think jd would jd would he, I, I asked him off the air he just laughed and uh, maybe we'll answer the, that question to uh, the, in the show. ECU guys, uh, so the line tonight, Memphis opened as a four point favorite. It went down to three and a half. Now it's up to Memphis four and a half. Do the Pirates cover? What do we think? I mean, honestly, how much of this comes down to Memphis? Like
3: I could see. I talked 100%. about this with Kason walking out of Schwartz's media availability yesterday, and he said this could definitely be a game where. It's close, and then you get to about the five six minute mark in the second half, and Memphis just those totally cold, and ECU wins by I think a lot of 10. it is what the crowd is. Yeah, and the crowd's got to be great tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a whiteout. Wear white, be loud. Uh, the students have got to be there for a game like this. Uh, you know, it, and with it being Memphis, it helps with the name brand recognition and everything. But a lot of the students have got to understand how big of a game this is for East Carolina basketball.
1: Philip, you were saying, like Memphis. I mean, they've beaten some of the best teams on their schedule, and they've lost some of the worst. So, I think a lot of this just comes down to which Memphis shows up to.
0: It does. You know, the, the the weird part is Memphis plays their competition right. They beat Charlotte, beat FAU, they've lost to some bad teams. The frustrating part is, what is ECU? Because sometimes we're a good team and sometimes we're a bad team. And to what Scooter was saying about Case, and I don't disagree with his point. It could also be one of those where it's close till there's five or six minutes left and then ECU doesn't score the last five or six minutes. Like, either team could go cold down the stretch. But, yeah, I go. I think you're right. It is really what Memphis team shows up. Because at the end of the day, look, if Memphis plays their full potential, I don't think ECU has the God-given talent to beat them, barring ECU playing the best game they've played all year. So,
3: you I know. also could just see something going totally wrong for Memphis and Penny's mood just changing totally, like a foot away from me, and it's going to be glorious if, to watch. If we that.
0: win, is Penny gone?
3: Will will if East Carolina wins, will Penny be fired before East before Memphis leaves Minji's Coliseum? No. Nah.
0: I think the the Charlotte and FAU win have yeah, made I this answer so, no. Did they lose those games? And he would have lost tonight?
1: Yeah. They'll give him the conference tournament to, to try and fix it. But we are scheduled to talk to Penny Hardaway post along with Schwartz. The real question is, if Memphis loses, is Penny still coming to the postgame press conference with the ECU media? I'm going to say no.
3: Well, apparently, it's going to happen like right after the game, too.
1: So he's just going to walk from the court to the thing. Walk through the crowd and go way up there. we got to bust our bootays to get yep. there. All right, guys. 7 o'clock tip-off. Wow, that just yeah, flew by. That, that flew by. Uh, we were going to wrap with Keith Leclerc, classic, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it off the air. And the football schedule is about to come out, by the way, if you're listening live, so stay tuned for that. Ooh. Scooter, appreciate it, man. We'll see you Absolutely. at Absolutely, the, uh, and then I'm, i got to pay my
3: respects to Joe Shue on the table yeah, here.
1: There, Joe Shue, he'll be back tomorrow. We'll ask him the alien question. We'll see you then, 12 noon.
3: <laughs> this has been Hoist the Colors with your host,
1: Stephen Igo.